Hello, and welcome to Life and Inside Job, the podcast where we centre our internal experiences as sources of comfort, nourishment, and creativity. My name is Kate. I'm the author of Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause, and I'm a writer, mentor, speaker, artist, and facilitator. The other thing that I love to do is have soulful, meandering conversations with people about how their inner lives nourish them. And this is what Life and Inside Job is all about. If you're in perimenopause, in menopause, or in your second spring or summer, you might enjoy the wealth of yoga nidras, visual guides to the seasons, meditations and workshops that are free and very easy to access. Just go to my website, katecodrington.co.uk and click on the button that says start here. It is my delight to hold space for people like you to deepen into your body wisdom and your soul's longing so that you can re-find trust in your cyclical nature and use the cues from your inner seasons to navigate this world with presence and delight into the second cycle of your life. And this can be one-to-one sessions with the menopause doula service. Or I can make it really easy for you to organise a retreat day or a talk, a workshop or a circle for you and your community. Just book a free chat and we can figure out what might work for you over a cup of tea together. Have you ever struggled to explain to the men or the non-menstruators around you what you actually need? in your menstrual month, or why you might seem to be an entirely different personality week on week. There is so much shame and difficulty to get through to explain. My friend Alex Kobelfrakes used these experiences of frustration and difficulty to create what is, in, to my knowledge, the first book about periods specifically written for cis men. Alex is a passionate social entrepreneur and when she returned from the Peace Corps in 2015 she fell out of touch with her own health so she began a path of healing and she talks about this healing in our conversation and this led to her led her to launch a health coaching company and subsequently the app called The Agenda Period And she's recently authored a book called Manstration, a field guide, which is opening up conversations around periods with men. And we chat about what non-menstruators need to know about periods, how they can support the people around them, and not only when they are menstruating, how Alex wrote her new book in just six weeks. I'm, oh, I'm spitting. (laughs) And how she discovered the power of cycle syncing and how she uses it to her advantage in her work and her world and her family life. The problem and the lack of safety with most period tracking apps. And the surprising power of celebrating your first period in retrospect. And how Alex shifted away from perfectionism and many, many other topics. Alex, what do you think men need to know about periods? Uh, My answer to that has absolutely changed over the course of writing my book. What I would say now that men really need to know is how the process unfolds, how the hormones are different than maybe their own body's hormones and really understanding to get to a place of period neutrality. I think before I wanted men and everyone to be period enthusiasts like I am, Um, but I don't even think that's necessary. I really think we need period neutralists so that people can just access the supplies and support that they need. Because when you can be neutral about something, it's not going to bother you or affect you one way or the other. You'll just say, yes, that is the thing that needs to be provided for. And so I think that is my goal that every man on the planet just become period neutral period neutrality 
You've heard it here first. Period that, neutrality. That is that is a genius phrase. Would you like to trademark that? I think I think that's because that is what we need, right? Yeah. Because of the prejudice. Yeah, you, you don't need to be excited about it. You don't need to think it's the coolest thing ever. You don't even need to thank it for your birth, even though you probably should. But um, really, just like getting to a place where, you're like, okay, without I'm, having a big reaction. Yeah. Yeah. This needs to be taken care of. Yep. And you've written um, a fantastic new book, Manstruation, A Field Guide. Can you give, and you have a fantastic title. Can you give me the whole title, please? Yes. So Manstruation, A Field Guide to Not Sucking When Someone Around You Has Their Period and How You Can Be Supportive in Every Other Phase as Well. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that's there's myth number one. It's only about bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. We are really changing all the time. So men go through their hormonal cycle in 24 hours, which is great for you because the entire world is set up around the 24 hour clock, the 24 hour unit of time, you know, whether that was conscious or subconscious, we may never know, but men's bodies cycle through their hormonal pattern very quickly. Women and menstruators take 28 to 35 days. And so we need that grace and understanding. And that first becomes with like the education that these kind of ways of processing these hormonal patterns are different. No one's better or worse than the other. They're just different. And then everyone needs to be supported. And how much of your, how much of this book came from your, because you're in a relationship with a man, right? Yes. Um, my, my partner is very, very supportive of my menstrual cycle. Actually, he was one of the seeds that got planted before I started the agenda period is we kept getting into this weird fight, you know, um, every month right before my period. And it seemed so random. And he had found this article from a woman in Spain and he just like casually sent it to me to check out. And the article was titled, no soy loca, soy cíclica. I'm not crazy. I'm cyclical. (laughs) And I was like, oh, we keep fighting in the luteal phase every single month about the same thing. And it was both of our kind of step towards each other and understanding and working with this menstrual cycle. So he was a lot of the positive inspiration in behind the book. But the reason I actually wrote this is I was at my breaking point with men last year, um, after working on the agenda period for over three years, interfacing with very annoying or well-intentioned, but like grading men in terms of like the questions they would ask. Uh, and my kind of final breaking point was in the summer last year. And I had done a, a couple of presentations and some of the feedback from men on the panel were just so freaking annoying to me. Like, um, what were they ask? What, what were the questions and what, what was the, what was yeah, the, so the, the, the final, the, I literally, after I got off this call, I just like broke down sobbing. I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. I want to throw it because like, it seems like so many decision makers that I have to interface with are men who don't get it. And I'm really tired of trying to convince them that this is important. (laughs) Um, So like one of the men said something along the lines of through your presentation, it seems like you don't really like men. And um, so even though I have a lot of advice I could give you, I don't think you would be open or receptive to any of it. And the only thing I said about men during my presentation was when I was pointing out our team slide, I had pointed out that one of our good differentiators is we are, our, our team is stacked with women and of the top five period companies, there was only one woman on any of those founding teams of like the top grossing period tracking apps of all the ones that I could find that are listed at, as the top. There was only one woman on any of those founding teams. Um, and so it shows up in the product. It shows up in the way that the copy is written. It shows up in the way that they're attacking this problem because it was created by a bunch of people who don't have periods. And that is the only thing I said about men during my presentation. And so from that once, from just like the statistical truth of the field, he took away the fact that I don't like men, which really shows you a lot about kind of his own internal issues. Um, And then the other thing that I got from a panelist was, you're so good at talking about this. Um, Maybe you should make a blog or... Um, kind of a course for men that they could 
figure out how to participate more productively. And I said, in my mind, oh, so you don't think I have enough fucking work right now that I should take on the emotional labor for all the fucking men that like maybe want to be allies in this space, but can't fucking learn how to Google. And (laughs) I just had to sit there with my teeth clenched shut so that I wouldn't let my fiery rage spew over the entire call. And burn Um, it to the ground. Burn it to the ground! (laughs) And then I thought, a few months went by and I thought, how many women are not accessing or not receiving the support they need because men are just wait, well-intentioned men are waiting for something to get plopped down before them so that they can be more supportive. And I thought, you know what? I have a lot more field research than those women because unfortunately or fortunately, I have been dealing with this daily since starting this company why the fuck not? Why don't I just put up, put down the research, put down the things I have learned because hopefully it can save women a lot of strife. So I was still pretty angry when I started the process. Um, and I decided I was going to interview men who I thought were doing a good job to give men a roadmap. Hey, you think you don't understand allyship. You're not going to take it seriously from me. Here are some other men that maybe you will listen to in this space. Maybe if they tell you what they've done for periods, you will listen to them because you're not listening to us. And through that process, I had so much healing because I started to understand how the patriarchy particularly intersects with this problem in a way that I didn't see before. I started to see that there are a lot of well-intentioned, really good men who are trying, but who also miss the information, who weren't taught about the menstrual cycle. And so they don't always know what to do to be supportive. So sometimes they do nothing. And I felt like that with topics in my life. I don't know what to do. So I'm just like, I'm not going to do anything because I don't want to mess it up worse. I don't want to get made fun of or I, you know, I don't want to put myself in that vulnerable position. And so I have really come through on the other side of this, so hopeful about what we can co-create together in this space. And and how what what sort of format does your does the book take? So the format we've got several chunks through there. So I've got the first section that's um, why the hell did I start to do this work? So people kind of get to understand me a little bit better. Then we have got a chunk in there that talks about the menstrual cycle 101. And there is a really cute graphic called there are three holes so that men can understand the anatomy a little bit better. So we tried to make it very visual. We ran with the theme of a field guide. So there are lots of icons throughout the entire document. Um, And then each section has a chunk that has men stop and pause and ask themselves some questions so they can actually, using my coaching background, so that they can dive into their own experience and maybe start to uncover where some of these thoughts come from, where some of this old programming comes from, and really give them a time to be self-reflective and I'm really excited about that part. I don't know if they'll necessarily sit down and write it out, but maybe some seeds will be planted through that process. And then we've got a section that's called, it's just a phase. So we break down the four phases and actually give them a checklist at the end of each phase. Like here are some ideas that you could actually take to the women and mentors in your life for how you could show up as a supportive person during each of the four phases of the cycle. Um, And then we did interviews with men. So there are five interviews in there that have been transcribed into the book. And yeah, that's pretty much the format. It's so male. It's brilliant. Have you, do you, do you have Haynes manuals in the States? No, I don't. They're they're manuals for how to fix your, like not, not, not current cars, but like how to fix your 1970s car. And there's one for Ford Escorts. There's one, you know, for each make of car, there was a Haynes manual to tell you how to fix it. And it sounds like a Haynes manual for periods you know it's like the break it all down step one tick tick the box have you got your spanners (laughs) yeah I wanted it to feel like that I wanted it because that you know some of the things like there's some literature saying that men are more visual or learn different and I wanted it to feel really manageable like chunks that they could come to and oh there's also a chunk on period products so actually showing the internal versus the external and like how frequently they may need those different products um yeah so we really wanted it to feel like a complete snapshot but also the 101 version so we're not going into different 
conditions. So we're not talking about PCOS or endometriosis. We're not talking about menopause. We're not talking about some of like the more complicated or nuanced pieces. This is really the first version. So if you are coming in with no knowledge, you should walk away feeling really good, yet not overwhelmed from this first version. I honestly don't know that there's anything like that. I think, I think it's unique. Yeah. The only bit I know is um, Lisa Lister in Code Red wrote, I think her husband wrote a chapter on on how to respond to the to, to the, the vessels, cycle. But, yeah. yeah that's, that's so useful. Yeah. And we've also, the interviews, I, I decided I was going to release them as a podcast. And then I started to reach out to other men mm-hmm. and other men are saying yes. Um, to like men with big audiences, men who maybe they don't normally talk about periods, but they had a period video pop up. So I've been reaching out to them and the response has been incredible to other men agreeing to come to and talk to me about periods. And so I'm like, the sky's the limit. Who else can I get to talk to me about periods? Like I want famous athletes. I want actors. I want comedians. I want politicians. I want men from every walk of life to come talk to me about periods so that we can finally break this shit open and move to period neutrality. Okay, I have to ask this. How the hell do you do that? Because you have twins. How old are they? (laughs) They are um, two, they turn two in November. So like 27, 28 months. Holy shit. So you have twins, (laughs) single parent alone, largely. Is that correct? Uh, with my husband's job, he's he's out he's frequently. Yeah, he's yeah. away. And you run a company you've developed with this fantastic uh, period tracker app, the Agenda Period. And now you've written a book and the podcast and probably <laughs> like a million things going on as well. I know you're really busy. How the hell do you do that? I mean, that's without cracking up. What's going on? <laughs> I work the program. So the agenda period is a framework of like learning how to work with your menstrual cycle and living into the ups and downs of the cycle. And the only way I stay sane is by working the program, the program that we talk about. Like I am a, like I was telling you before we got online, I wrote this book in a month and a half, the the content. So that does not include. That is insane insane it is insane it's insane it is insane um it I thought it would I gave myself three months it was done it was done by the end of the year so I started around like November 15th and it was done by the end of the year of last year and then then it went through editing and now it's gone through visual editing there we have like beautiful graphics and it's really really fun and again visual as visual as possible um but I did it from working with the cycle so I have really figured out my own code. The luteal phase, I write so easily, so much more easily than any other time. So luckily when I decided, I was like, I'm fuck it, I'm just gonna like put it all down in a book. Like I was in the luteal phase. So I like wrote out my outline and I just like started pounding away on my keyboard. And then the idea came to me, I wanna interview these men because I, my grandpa um, actually, he, he's one of the interviews in the book. He was the first guy I interviewed because after talking to me and after, and some of that comes up in the interview, he brought free period, helped bring free period products to the public library where he is on the library board. Um, because I was like starting this period company and he had heard about it before, but their old library director didn't do it. And I was like, grandpa, you really need to go and like get the products in there. Here's a great company that you can work with. So I recommended the company Amp Flow to them because they've got the dispensers. So I was like, this is a man who's used his privilege. No other woman on the board would have brought it up. But as soon as he brought it up, everyone was like, that's a great idea. Because the women didn't feel comfortable bringing attention to it. But when he brought attention to it, he just said, hey, my granddaughter told me about this idea. What would you think? And they said, yes, please, let's do this. Um, So I was like, hey, what if we showed other guys this example of how they could be productive, how they could be kind, how they could use their power to support women and menstruators. And so that is where the idea came from to interview other men. So I did all of the interviews during the follicular phase where I was like, yay, I love people, let's talk. So right, and then I would like 
then the next luteal phase, I did another huge chunk of the writing. And then I did my last interviews in the, right? So I used the process of the menstrual cycle to get a lot done and never worrying about the fact that I would stop writing for two weeks at a time because I know the next luteal phase, it's going to flow right out. So, so that is, I think, how I maintain deep, sanity. Deep, um, deep trust yeah. in your cycle. I mean, like a deep trust. Yes. And it was not always easy, but I've been practicing it for five years now. So before I got to the point where I'm like, I really need a nap. And I would lay in my bed. And at least like answer questions on social media. I'm like, this is like halfway to a nap. At least I'm not sitting up at my desk, but it still felt kind of productive. And now, you know, over the years, I've really learned how to trust these phases, knowing there's always another one coming up. There's another luteal phase. There's another follicular phase. There's another ovulation. There's another, like, it's all going to, to slot in. So yes, I finally now have that really deep level of trust with my cycle. A lot of people, um, when they have that ovulatory high and the kind of multitasking skills and everything in their summer as they ovulate, it's very common to burn out because, you know, we have this gift of menstrual cycle awareness, then we get, we get into ovulation and we think, right, everything has to happen now! Ah! And we, <laughs> I see people going at life so hard that they then land in their luteal phase in, in burnout. Yeah. I think that's also the gift of entrepreneurship over the last five years, you know, between my health coaching company and now this company is that nothing ever goes as fast as I want it to. And it's okay. Like moving humans to a new target, to a new product, to a new way of thinking about something, they never move as fast as I want them to move. So even if all the pieces are in place, it's never as smooth as this beautiful roadmap that I have in my head. So I have learned to have more flexibility in my targets while still maintaining everything that I can. And I think that allows me to not push things as hard. Yeah, that's that's um, big girl pants stuff, isn't it? Yeah, real life lesson um, and designing and having an app burst into the world is a notoriously long process. How long did that? Yeah, take? it's still not perfect. There's still what? and like there are features. There, <laughs> it will never be perfect, and like there will never be a single day where it works exactly as intended across all handsets, because it's just it's just never going to happen. And I have really work to cultivate also the community around me that has capacity to understand my humanity. The customers that work with us understand I'm a real person because we, that's what we talk about through like the menstrual cycle awareness is like understanding your humanity. You are not a robot. I'm not a robot. Um, and so I, I am really lucky that that's the kind of community that's getting built around this company are people who have compassion for things not working as intended oh my god that's that, just it's life. so interesting you say that I think I've never heard anybody articulate that so clearly but I think that is a commonality amongst all the people that I know who work around cyclical living in various forms that we we do cultivate compassion for the for a fallibility yeah. you know even even as we learn this this beautiful map of the menstrual cycle right on top of it comes our fallibility because we think we can predict <laughs> our seasons and then we find out that it all comes out all jumbled up and in the wrong order <laughs> not at all like we think they should look like and that's why I love working with women in this space who are really tuned in because I'll get on calls with people and like, you know what? I'm just in the luteal. My breakfast is here with me. It, it was supposed to happen an hour ago and it did not. And I'm like, eat, eat that oatmeal. You go for it. Right. It's just like so much more spaciousness for be showing up in our humanity. And we need more of that in the planet. Yeah. Oh God. Don't we just, and compassion for ourselves, exactly as you were talking about the, knowing that 
it's not going to be perfect and we can't get it right and that's okay yeah, yeah. Mm. so tell me about your um your your winter your menstruation is that a no-go area for work for you how do you how do you negotiate rest when you menstruate so one of the things that I have started to implement over the last eight months, because for me, sometimes it's hard for just to block off that entire time around my period. Um, so one of the things that I started to do, and I felt like that it was kind of like this huge expectation to just like block off of this entire chunk during my period. And what I really needed was more support throughout my entire cycle, rather than it all kind of landing at the at the menstrual phase and so what I started to do was block off my calendar on Fridays so I do not take meetings on Fridays um and I try not to work on my business because I also am a mom and I have to do things like go grocery shopping and you know get supplies for my family and do other things like that and it is hard to take two toddlers to the store. So I prefer to go when I have, you know, childcare support around rather than like dragging them through the grocery store with me. And so since doing that, I, I still really tone things down during my period, but I just feel more rested overall that I am, I'm really at a four day work week. Um, and with entrepreneurship, sometimes stuff comes up on the weekends. And I know there's all this extra time that I'm constantly going to be pouring in. But my way of adjusting those scales has really been to block off Fridays and not meet with people. And so I think I've only taken two meetings in the last eight months on a Friday. Like it has to be that important. And it has to be literally no other time for us to meet during the, any of the other four days. Um, and so that adjustment has also been really good and is counterproductive to startup world because there are all these narratives around like you have to work 24 seven or it's never going to work. And I have felt more productive in the last eight months than in the previous eight months working every single day of the week, including the weekends. So when actually we do less, uh, I feel like the time where I am tuned in, I get more done. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this there can be quite a I don't know, it's quite a toxic narrative really about there being a sort of hierarchy of um, of men menstrual rest, you know, where the where the gold standard is completely blocking your diary and, you know, mm. not, not being, eating, having, only eating peeled grapes um, yeah. and cacao for three days in the month. And Clearly, this is not sustainable. I mean, personally, I, I I always felt as though I wasn't doing it right because I never I never was able to have that because I have a you know a partner and kids and business and life, yeah. you know. And it's really interesting to hear you talk about that general sense of adjusting the pace of life, yeah, yeah. and how you can have more energy. And that and it makes it nice because that means there's a day typically in almost all of the phases where I've like blocked it off. And that means in the in the ovulation phase or the follicular phase, I may really prioritize going out to lunch with friends that I haven't seen in a while and getting that social interaction. And during the luteal phase, I may prioritize my hideous closet that needs, as I like looked over towards my closet, like that needs to get like reorganized and it's, and, and the time feels really easy. Right. So I also bring in like, what are those life tasks and how they fit into the whole rotation? Because we're not, we're not just any one thing where I'm not just a business owner. I have all of these components to my life that need my time and attention. And so having that adjustment in my schedule has really been liberating for me. It's just like, I don't do that on Fridays. Like I block that off. I understand that that's a privilege that not everybody can adjust their schedules in that way. But I hope as we continue to reimagine the world of work, we will have more flexibility because I've seen that across the board. Humans do more when they have that flexibility and they have that time for rest built in. Absolutely. I'd like to ask you some, some personal questions about your own... Um experience of your menstruation what what was your first period like 
it was horrible. <laughs> it was really, um, I got my first period when I was 10. And so I was in fifth grade and I only knew about periods at that point because my parents hadn't talked to me about it. I, I hadn't had the health class yet that comes like at the end of fifth grade, sixth grade. Um, and so I went to the nurse and I was like, I think I started my period. And I only really knew about it from kids, like talking smack about periods on the bus, you know, like older kids. Oh, are you on your period to a girl who, who was seen as being mean or bitchy? And she was just like, Oh, congratulations. And she gave me like pads and tamp. No, just pads. And then I went home and I told my mom, I started my period. And she's like, well, there's, there's products in the bathroom. And all she had was tampons. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, well, just read the instructions on the package (laughs) because she didn't have a lot of that cycle information or talk with her own mom. Um, And so I did not know that you had to take the applicator out of, off of a tampon. So um, I just thought tampons were a terribly designed product for the first six months of using them because I was like, they don't absorb anything and they're very uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, like they don't work well with the um, applicator still in, as it turns out. Um, So yeah, I, I had a terrible experience of having a period. And one of the things I decided to do after having twins is I invited people in my community to have my um, uh, my first period postpartum party. And so I celebrated and had women show up and I asked them to give me advice on how they dealt with their periods postpartum and any womanly wisdom they had to offer me. And I really reclaimed the experience of my first cycle. Yes. So I decided I would throw myself a first period party postpartum and it really was totally healing and helped me kind of forgive my mom and just like let go that everyone was just doing the best that they could. And that I had already had a really good relationship with my period before that happened, but you know, being pregnant and then the postpartum period was the longest time since I was 10 of without having a period. And so it really felt kind of special to get it again and explore this relationship all over. Um, And so if anyone has a traumatic period experience, I, I would really recommend finding a way to reclaim that and celebrating yourself because it was deeply, deeply healing yeah, for me to go through. I, I think out of all the different things that sort of practices and and inquiries that I offer clients and groups and things, I think that is the most profound thing to go and, you know, you can do it in various ways, to have a party, to tell your story, to write the letter you wish you'd received or, you know, what, what yeah. or send a message to your younger self or however you want to do it. And people just report the most amazing shifts over time about, and it's not necessarily, it's a pain often disappears, period pain often disappears after that. But also um, there's something about self-acceptance, about belonging to the tribe, about a sort of um, renewed comfort about being female, about being a menstruator that comes up through that, that is really, really profoundly healing such a good thing yeah Yeah. it was so it was liberating and when we claim like the thing about shame and stigma and taboo is when we own something no one can hold it over us when we claim be like oh you have your period like yeah I do and it's awesome what and now what right it takes the wind out of someone's sails who tries to hold anything over you when you own the parts and pieces of yourself and when you fully embody that and if we could get to a place on the planet where women and menstruators were safe to live into that fully holy shit be a really different place yeah so for people listening do that thing write yourself a letter to your 10 11 12 year old self because you know even even when you were greeted in a matter of fact way 
you know, in a neutral tone, when we start, when we start to bleed, we're also very permeable to the themes around us as well, to whatever, you know, whatever relationships are, the difficulties in the relationships around us, we kind of absorb as, as, as our reality, as our guide, our map for life. Yeah. Like the message was really clear. It's just like, it's not something we talk about. Right. It's like not necessarily a problem, but it's not something that we talk about. It's not something. And when you don't talk about it, we don't understand it. I never knew that there was these, all of these correlations with my energy and, and what that meant about my hormones and how that meant for, I'm not bad or wrong for not wanting to clean my whole room today. I'm just in the follicular phase. And all I want to do is go hang out with my friends. And I'm like, how many fights could we have avoided as mother or daughter if we would have, cause she didn't understand that about herself either. Right. Like as this whole society, this thing is happening. The menstrual cycle is happening. So like we can either keep pretending it's not happening and get drug around by it. Or we could decide to like move to neutrality and just say like, this is a thing that's happening. This is the best way to work with it for me. What about for you? And just make the invisible visible and then we could move on. <laughs> so that's what, you know, but that was definitely the story I received is just like, this is just not something we talk about, but it was clearly impacting my life. And so when you're not supposed to talk about something that is impacting you, it, you start to think that there's something wrong with you instead of understanding there's something wrong with the system. Instead of understanding there's something wrong with how we're setting up our society or how we're setting up our scheduling flow, it just felt like there was something wrong with me. The, the other thing about sort of, it's very prevalent, it's prevalent for, for women of all ages, but particularly in teenage girls, that the luteal phase gets blamed for, well, you, people get named labeled a bitch or you know um there's a lot of kind of oh girls are so hormonal and awful they're horrid to each other and everybody's very cliquey and you know all this kind of thing can you can you talk about that a bit in in your experience please yeah so true. I wish I would have been taught earlier that it was a powerful tool for my own discernment. Um, you know, something that really comes resonates to me is I had a pretty terrible relationship, romantic relationship in college. And every time right before my period started, I wanted to break up with him. I was like, you know, this relationship sucks. He's an idiot. Um, and I'm sure he thought I was an idiot. You know, we were both young and going through growing pains, but I consistently did not like him during the luteal phase. Um, but I was taught that, ah, I was being too sensitive, being bitchy, being that, 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 that. I wish I could have had the power of understanding if something keeps nagging you during the luteal phase, it needs to change. Now that doesn't necessarily mean break up with that person. Maybe it, it did. It did at that time. And <laughs> you know, like maybe, I think I, I ended up dumping him when I was in the luteal phase for the final time. But what if we could have like been told how to tap into that as a superpower? Hey, this is actually your intuition talking to you. Maybe our delivery method isn't the best right now. Maybe you don't want to unleash all the fire at somebody's door. Um, but maybe this is something that you need to listen to if this keeps coming up for you over and over again. And that's something I really hope to impress upon my daughters, like listen to the luteal phase. We don't always have to use its words and its delivery method, but like we can really understand if someone, if you think a friend is really hurting your feelings every time you're about to have your period, we need to examine that. We can use that as a place of discernment for our own highest good. And I think that would change a lot of relationships if we taught women to orient to their own internal wisdom in that way. Um, so the luteal phase was used to be my least favorite phase. And I think that's true for many women. Um, but now I really understand when something keeps itching at me, like I must address it. And again, maybe not during the luteal phase, maybe I'll address it during the follicular phase where I can express it in a way that is true, but maybe more kind, but really to use that as a compass to my own deep, deep wisdom. Um, and again, that has been transformative. Yeah. But I don't think that's common. Like, I don't think my experience is the common. I think most people are still stuck in the like luteal hate. <laughs> well, probably because they're exhausted and they're working. They're not taking Fridays off. 
There you go. That's the secret to it all. <laughs> well, if you're burnt out and you're knackered and you're crawling through your days exactly. on knees, yeah. then you have no capacity to take on any more charge or understand or reflect or anything. You're the witness yeah. consciousness has packed up her bag and she's gone to Costa Rica. <laughs> exactly. She, but you have no yeah. observer to notice this stuff. I think, yeah, yeah I think pacing rest and pleasure is totally where it's at totally yeah. where it's at. and how, how did you how did you come across menstrual cycle awareness and make make friends with your cycle after a, a <sighs> ropey start <laughs> very Ow. ropey start there are all of these like little pieces that kind of ended up so there i had read um in, in college i did a project one of the years to get into this certain dormitory residence hall, we had to do a project. So we decided we were going to talk about sexual health for some reason. And we ended up doing a couple of different units on menstruation. And so I read women's bodies, women's wisdom, woman code. I started to understand um, like cycle syncing at that time, but then I was, I had an IUD, so I didn't really do anything with it. Um, and then my partner, now husband sent me that article, no soy loca, soy cyclica. And it was just all these little things culminated into when I started my own health coaching company. And I found that I had higher sales during ovulation. And that was kind of when everything came crashing down of like, holy shit, this impacts everything I ever do all the time. And I need to be paying attention with it. And so at that point I got rid of all hormonal birth control. I got rid of you know, really looking into my products, what I was using, how I was moving or not moving the foods that I was eating and saw the potency and really have gone full force ever since all like, so it was really a process of over a decade of learning kind of crashing into me all at once of like, holy shit, I can actually make, there's the capitalism. I can make more money depending on when I do these things. Why aren't all women taught this if we love money so much? And I was like, oh, it's because we don't really love women being in their power. Um, so that was the long winding road that led me to cycle awareness, like deep cycle awareness. And here you are. Can you, with your, with the agenda period, uh, journal first and now the app can you say a bit about the app and um because as as you pointed out earlier in this conversation most period apps are run by men and m many of them take your details and information and use yeah. it right so i so when we started the the planner the the goal was to, because I learned about my own cycle and the goal was to show the four phases and, and suggest tasks that people could work on, recommend where they might want to have a jumping off point because coming from the coaching world, I never want to prescribe women anything. I always just want to offer places for exploration. And so after we did that, people like, I don't know, probably 500 to a thousand people over the course of going to all these events before the pandemic shut the world down. Um, they're like, this is great. When are you making an app? And I was like, bro, do you know how many period apps there are on the market? Like, why would I make another period app? I'm a health coach and a business person. Like I am not a tech person. I don't know jack nor shit about running my own computer, let alone a whole freaking app. I'm not doing that. Um, but people kept asking. And because I'm a very naturally curious person, that is when I decided to dig into the products that already existed. And one of the, the final kind of shocking thing to me was that how many of them were founded by men. And I was like, this is, women are not articulating it like this, but these products feel hollow to them because the people who have made them do not understand the cycle. They don't understand the problem, but yet they're making the solution. And so when I found that out, I was like, okay, we should definitely we should definitely do this. We should figure out how to do this, even though it's terrifying. And so we made the pivot into tech. And from the very beginning, we've always had a subscription because that was after all of these lawsuits had come out. And I was seeing how these companies were improprietarily selling people's data. And I said, I, 
will never be beholden to an investor in that way. I will never be forced to try to sell somebody's data. So our business model is clear. We make money by selling a subscription to the app and we'll be able to add on other revenue models in the future, but we're not going to do it by selling women's data. We're not doing that. Um, so we've always been very, very clear about how we make money. We don't sell people's data to third parties. We don't sell people's data to data brokers that we've never done it, we never will do it. And then when Roe v. Wade got overturned in the States last year, I really needed to sit down and consider how were we going to keep people safe because no company on the planet that I can think of is stronger than the United States government against a subpoena. So like if they really got to the place where they were subpoenaing data from anyone, um, we would, we would make them take us to court. But if they took us to court, we would have to hand something over because I am not more powerful than the United States government. So the only way to keep users safe is to not have any of their trackable information. And so just actually a month ago, we released our mode of the app that's called Bring Your Own Planner. So it's a version for people who do not feel safe with a different company having their information. So they track on paper and then they use the app for all the additional wraparound services. So the four deep dives around the four phases of the cycle, educational content, product recommendations. So it becomes this um, supportive platform where we're not holding on to your information. So the app now has two versions, the full tracking mode or the bring your own planner mode, because I wanted to be honest about our, our capability to keep people's information safe. I'm going to do everything that I can, but like, it's just so refreshing. So. I, I, I'm just like, I just feel this enormous sense of relief and like, it's so refreshing to hear someone talk about safety and data in that way. And it's because I am someone who has access to abortion as healthcare. I am someone who understands the gravity of these choices and would never put another woman in that position. And I think Someone who's running a company who can't get pregnant would never understand the magnitude of what these things mean because they could never fall on their body the way it could fall on my body. And so I will never, like money is not as important to me as safety of women. So our company, like that's the value, that's the value foundation on which we are building this entire thing. And that's the agenda period. And where can we get hold of a copy of Menstruation, a field guide? So it is going to be released on Amazon. It's going to be free for the first couple of days as the ebook. And we just want to run the numbers up because we want thousands of men around the planet to have this conversation so that they can finally be supporting us in a way that is meaningful. So please check it out. Please help us boost the shit out of this so that we can get picked up by a major publishing house and really just rock the socks off of the whole planet so that we can all get the menstrual cycle support that we need. So it's going to be on Amazon for now um on all of our social medias we're at the agenda period is it, is it on I'm, there now is it available now? yep okay um so the, it's available for like signing up for the pre-order so what we have we've got a landing page and as soon as it's live we're gonna send an email like yo go get your book please go get your copy um so we're really 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 excited about having this conversation and if you're a man listening to this and you want to jump on my podcast i would love to get get in the weeds with you and talk about periods so come check it out ah so we, i'm gonna stick the uh, the link in the show notes and the link to the agenda period is there anything else that you anywhere else you'd like to direct people to i mean that's 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 i think those that's are the, more the big than one, enough. that's like yeah, audacious generous <laughs> <laughs> yeah so those are those would be perfect okay and just to close, if you could give a non-menstruator one tip to support people with periods, what would it be? Ask them questions. So we've got a lot of different ideas in the book of how people can be supported, but every person, what makes menstruation so complicated is there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of lack wrapped in this topic and it's a normal bodily process. So it's complicated. So whatever, whatever, whoever you are in front of, ask them the question and ask them how they would like to be supported. That is the number one tip. 
I just love Alex's phrase, period neutrality, where we could just talk about it. The cycle could just be there, part of regular discourse without shame. But of course, it means shifting a ton of trauma and shame, but it sounds so positive. It really does sound like the seeds are being sown through people like Alex's lovely grandpa. Oh, God, love him in the library and her book, Manstration, A Field Guide. And you can get your free copy through the link in the show notes. And you can find uh, Alex and her company, The Agenda Period, uh, on Instagram at The Agenda Period. And the website is of the same name. My book, Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause, is available from your favourite independent bookshop. And if you fancy exploring one-to-one sessions or uh, setting up a retreat day, just go to the booking page at katecodrington.co.uk where you can book a free chat and we can figure it out together. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would be wonderful if you told a friend about it. You can share it on your socials, of course, and that would be wonderful. You could rate it or even leave a review. I'd love that on iTunes or wherever you can do that. Everything you can do to support this endeavour makes a huge difference. And I so appreciate your support because together we can spread the word that we don't need fixing. We are not dysfunctional because we are inhabiting a female body. Mostly we suffer because we live in a messed up system. And if this is your first episode, do have a rummage where the Loads of interesting episodes on perimenopause, many different topics around that, postmenopausal life, creativity, autism, ADHD, writing, yoga, ageing, money, style, loads of different areas and fabulous conversations we've had here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back in your ears very soon. 